Come on, Ollie. Come on. Hey, it's Mark. Hello. Hey, how's it going, man? Hey, everybody out there. It's uh, Mark Dalzell. Hey, how are you doing, everybody out there? Yeah. Hey, what? There's nobody here. I know. I'm just kind of passing through, but I thought I'd stop by and say hi. You know, we're recording a show, you know. Really? I had no idea. <laughs> okay. Hey, this is Ollie. Hey, Ollie. Hey, Ollie. <laughs> Since you're here, you going to sit in for the show? Uh, I can sit for a bit. i got to run soon, though. Oh, okay. Well, why don't you sit in for the, like, you know, the pre-show? All right, sounds good. Excellent, man. So, uh, this is the December 1st, 2013 FPP Film Photography Podcast. For those listening, hang in there. We'll be right back. Brought to you by Polaroid, makers of the new Polaroid Color Pack camera at half the price of the original model. Polaroid introduces an economy model of the famous color pack camera for half the price of the original. Same great film. Same fast loading. Same electric eye. Yet it's half the price of the original model. You get the same beautiful color prints in 60 seconds, black and white in 10, in the same big size. Yet it's half the price of the original model. Isn't it your turn to own a Polaroid color pack camera? Hey, we're back. Mark, welcome to the studio. Thanks. Mark's here way before anybody else. It's early, so I just thought we'd start rolling because we have so much to discuss on today's show, and uh, rolling in is John Fideli, Leslie Lazenby, and Matt Marash, but they're not here yet. But we have so much stuff, and I want to introduce everyone to uh, Oliver, the pug, the pug hound. You and the Strudel are going to be going head-to-head for mascot next year, I think, Oliver. He's really impressed. But I have, you know, I have so much stuff. I thought we'd start some letters. I have a funny feeling that some of the treats are going to be gone before Matt and Leslie and John get here. I have some peanut butter-filled pretzels, if anyone dares. I got this from the health food syrup. It's fire cider, and apparently it's uh, you know good for what ails you, huh. like congestion. It looks stuff. like a medicine bottle. It does, right? Yeah. That's crazy stuff. This is the December 1st, 2013 show. The holidays are coming up. I hope everyone had a nice Thanksgiving up in Canada, which was in October. Well, you know that. Yeah. So when you were growing up, did you have Thanksgiving in October? Yep. Well, my um, my father's family was a Canadian and my mother's family was American, so we we did both. So did. I, I always had two Thanksgivings. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Are they, are they the same? Like the same, you know, turkey, giblets, and gravy? Yeah. It just, you know, winter comes earlier in Canada, so they have to do it earlier. Cause, is, that, is that why they do Because by now there's, you know, 19 feet of snow. Now, here in the United States, Thanksgiving is, you know, Pilgrim Rock and all that stuff. What, what thanks, what's the Thanksgiving in Canada? Uh, it's mostly just like, you know, your classic Harvest Festival. The same, oh, just, Harvest yeah, Festival. No, yeah, we don't, we don't do pilgrims so much, but pumpkins and cornucopias and that sort of thing. The most exciting news here is a special that I want to share from thedarkroom.com, which is a photo lab uh, on the west coast of USA that does E6, C41, and black and white processing. You've used those guys? Yeah. They're running a special December 1st through December 7th, 2013. It's a half-off sale on everything on the site except gift certificates. From December 1st to the 7th, uh, customers must pay normal shipping charges and sales tax if you are from California. The half-off orders must be paid online at thedarkroom.com. And this is 10 days of half-off 
off madness. That's what it says. It's great from Phil. You need to add some delay to that. Madness, madness. madness. <laughs> ha- okay, I see. Half, Half off, off madness. 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 Uh, for orders at thedarkroom.com. There's a promo code that must be entered at the time you order called FPP Half Off. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm pretty excited about that. You'll see this in our show notes. You'll see this on our Facebook page. By the way, if you're listening, we are on Facebook. Please do go to Facebook.com and type in Film Photography Podcast and like us. We also are on the Twitter. And, of course, we have our website, FilmPhotographyProject.com. But I just want to pass this along. Get over there. Mm, That's right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The Film Photography Podcast, this show... What show? We have our own online shop, and this is an actual order from uh, Robin from Jinx, Oklahoma. And when someone places an order, there's a comment section where they can write something Mm -hmm. in. (laughs) I just thought that was so funny, Mark. Uh, Robin says in the comment section, There once was a lad from Okla who bought so much film his bank accounts chokla. They said, that's enough. And he replied with a gruff, I ain't done buying film till I'm dead or bankrupt. <laughs> Good one. I guess we need John here to kind of like... We need some color. Cut the, yeah. <laughs> hey, everyone. If anyone out there listening wants to know, what, what does John Fideli do? Like, he doesn't really own that many cameras. He doesn't really shoot that much film. You know, he doesn't seem very technical. Well, now you know. Now you know why John is so important to the show. Because we're all, like, dry like a bone. Yep. <laughs> Super amazing. He's got a bachelor degree from Ed McMahon's school of, hey <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Robin, I want to thank you. And I want to thank everyone out there. And I, I sincerely mean this by going to the film photography store, filmphotographystore.com. Uh, it really helps out the show. It's keeping this little enterprise going. That's really important, it seems, for people who listen to the show <laughs> who want to keep these shows going. Put a nice order in before the end of the year to keep these shoes coming. Here's a letter from John Schroeder. He is uh, on Flickr as Photoentropy. P-H-O-T-O-E-N-T-R-O-P-Y. Entropy. Photoentropy. What does that mean? Uh, you just assume I know what entropy is. Yeah. Uh, it is when um, energy loses power when it changes state. Is that right? If I recall correctly. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. There's a great Moxie Fruvis song called Entropy that explains it all. Hey, John, you have a pretty cool uh, flicker name. Look what you made us do. All the, all the, the uh, physics guys in the audience are going, no, that's not what it is. You're- I thought this might be of interest to you and or your listeners, readers. A friend and I developed a web app. Oh, too bad Dane's not here. A web app. He's Mr. Appy, right? Yeah. To me, an appy is something you order before dinner. (laughs) (laughs) And always will be, by the way. I developed a web app for tracking rolls of film in our cameras back in July. You can find it at filmtracker.com. F-I-L-M-T-R-A-C-K-R dot com. Both of us have like 10 film cameras that we use regularly, and there are times where we set it down for weeks and months with a roll still in it, and we, for, and we forget what's in it. So this web app was our response to that problem. It's an excellent idea, though. I, I, yeah, an, an app to uh, keep track of what's in every in all your cameras and how many shots you've taken and that kind of thing. That would be a good thing to know. After a few months of letting it run and getting feedback from people, I'm back to work on it, adding new features, and I figured I'd try to you know, tell a few more people about it. Feel free to check it out and ign- or completely ignore this. <laughs> well, no, I don't think this is worth ignoring. First of all, I don't have a smartphone, so I can't check out an app. The only apps I can check out are at Mr. Lee. 
<laughs> so, but um, maybe you'll check it out, or John will check it out, or uh, Dane maybe will want to check it out. I, yeah, I don't know if if he mentions Android or iPhone, that'll determine Doesn't. whether whether Dane and I check it out or John checks it out. But oh, what's this? Someone will. Oh, it's John. It's your dumb phone. Yes. He hey, flipped John. It open. What? <laughs> What'd you say? Yeah. <laughs> Mark and I and Ollie are sitting in the studio recording, yes. <laughs> Ollie, Ollie the dog. <laughs> say what? What? Where where are you? You're on your way. I took but I John, we already had this conversation. I told you, whenever you pop in, just come in and sit down. All right. I'll be as fast as I can. But then you guys tell me what I missed. All right. Well, we'll, we'll talk slower. Uh, good. Good job. Okay. Goodbye. Right, bye. John thinks he's going to miss something. This, yeah, he's missing this all. This this is, here's an email from uh, Marshall A. Fazio. And he is Pothman on Flickr. P-O-T-H-M-A-N. He says, hello, I've been listening for a few months now, slowly working through some of the back catalog of shows. I would love to hear your take on pinhole photography. As a person who has built several pinhole cameras in 35mm format and recently a 4x5 camera, they can be a cheap and fun way to enter into the film world. For instance, my 4x5 film camera costs less than 5 bucks for my first 4x5 holder and sheet of foam core board. Yeah. I can tell you, I've been snooping around for an 8x10 camera, mm. and there are on eBay, there are pinhole 8x10 cameras, and they are cheap. They're just a few hundred bucks. They're just a few hundred. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, you're buying a, a body and a bellows. Yeah. Because so that's, that's the expensive part is the lens and the shutter. If that's not there, then... Yeah. We can make an 8x10 pinhole uh, here with the things I see laying around this room. Well, I, Marshall, I'm happy to say if you keep working your way through the back catalog of shows, you'll see we, have, we do have some shows we talk about pinhole. Have you gotten into pinhole photography at all? I do. Yeah, we talked about, I don't know what episode that would be, maybe a year or so ago, a year, a little over a year ago. Um, I built a Polaroid pinhole. By yourself? It uses pack film. All by myself. Okay. Yep. Did you shoot with it? I did. Yeah, it's fun. I, I did the Polaroid one so that I could specifically see what I was getting because I was still, you know, I don't know all about reciprocity and this and that sort of thing. So uh, I wanted sort of instant feedback on whether the pictures I was taking were going to look like anything, but it's... It worked great, so uh, I haven't gotten around to. I do. I also have the uh, the Holga pinhole. I think it's called the 135 PC. Yeah, yeah, which is cool. I have one of those. Yep, and I have another kit that I got on Amazon. I'm sorry to say, but it, it was a it was like eight dollars, and it was a build it yourself 35 millimeter pinhole camera. That's actually really cool. So yeah, those are my pinholes. But uh, you can make it out of a shoebox. You can make it out of anything. Yeah, it's easy. This is a letter from Stephen Lindsay. Michael. Well, too bad. I'm Mark. I'm reading it. Hello. <laughs> My name is Stephen Lindsay. I'm a photographer in Rochester, New York. I recently acquired three Polaroid pack cameras from a local thrift store, a 104, 210, and 420. All three had corrosion in the battery compartments, but I was able to clean them up and convert them all to take AAAs. Until now, I've been strictly a digital photographer, mainly for the ease of it. But now, thanks to my Polaroids and your site, which I recently ordered the flash for my 420, I'm totally obsessed with film. Just wanted to thank you for keeping the beauty of this medium alive and well with your site and your passion. And please, if you have a moment, check out my photography Tumblr, which is um, http colon slash slash uh, Stephen R-L, S-T-E-P-H-E-N-R-L dot Tumblr, which you know how to spell Tumblr, dot com. Uh, I would love to hear your thoughts. Uh, he wants to hear my thoughts about what? <laughs> <laughs> hey, we have a letter here from Stephen. Uh, he's... Uh, he recently bought three Polaroid pack cameras, and he bought some. He bought a flash from you, and he's he loves it. Just if you want to check out 
yeah. feedback on his Tumblr, I don't know what you call it, Tumblr stream, Tumblr photo stream at S-T-E-P-H-E-N-R-L, Stephen R-L, dot Tumblr, T-U-M-B-L-R, dot com, C-O-M. Folks, folks out there, go check out his Tumblr stream. I check, I'm sure I checked it out already and emailed him back. I'm not nearly cool enough for Tumblr. Tumblr's actually very good. Yeah. I was using Blogger. Oh, he doesn't like that. He's going to walk away, go poop somewhere. <laughs> There's going to be a scared-looking picture of Ollie up on Flickr, so watch out for that. I like Tumblr. Uh, as an auxiliary blog, we have the FPP site, of course. But, you know, some people just use Tumblr. Yeah. And, you know, not everyone drifts over to filmphotographyproject.com. Uh, I, I, I have time for uh, the Flickr discussions. That's about it. That's, yeah. That's the limit of my free time. Uh, we're talking about Flickr.com. It's a place where you could, for free, sign up and, you know, put your film, your, your shots in what's known as a photo stream, your photo stream. You could create folders and make categories, and there are groups. Uh, for example, let's say you're shooting with a Canon AE-1. There's a Canon AE-1 group. There's a Canon Film Users group. There's the Film Photography Podcast group. There's the I Shoot Film group. And I've always found it to be amazing, amazing fun, and that's what really got me back into film photography back in 2008 because I, I went to this Flickr.com, which was fairly new back then. I was like, oh, my God, what is this? And... There are threads where you kind of talk to people, and people are pretty responsive. Yeah, yeah, especially some of the bigger groups like I Shoot Film. There's a hundred discussions yeah. going on at any given moment there, yeah. So I really encourage everyone out there, especially the Film Photography Podcast group on Flickr. It's a very active group, and a lot of the folks who listen to this show, you know, visit that and post their stuff. Breaking news. The breaking news, if you haven't heard, you probably heard, but Mark didn't know, so maybe not everyone heard. Fujifilm announced that they're going to dis- discontinue FP3000B pack film. You're a big fan. Oh, the humanity. A huge fan. I I just bought 10 packs of the 3000 last week, and I already shot five of them. So, yeah, I shoot a ton of FP3000, so very disappointed. The good, here's the good news and the bad news. The bad news is that Fuji announced they're going to discontinue the film. The so good news is that at the end of 2013, there is a new shipment hitting the shores of the United States from Japan. And apparently there's going to be one more shipment in the spring of 2014 of FP3000B. You're going to see spotty. You're going to see like at websites, it come in stock, go out of stock, come into stock for the next year. So if you have a, someone you that supplies it to you, like the filmphotographystore.com. <laughs> That's us. You can send me an email. Michael at filmphotographyproject.com saying, hey man. I need some FP3000B. And you could order it. As of this taping, it's still the same price. But I'm waiting to see once it comes back into stock if, if Fuji raises the price. I'm hoping they don't. I, I do know there's been a little bit of a run on it. Everyone's out of stock uh, as of the uh, last week of November. And uh, the prices on eBay have gotten a little crazy. Yeah, That's sad. This is sad news. And there's a petition online to bring it back. So... In our show notes, please go to the link. We want to beg Fujifilm to implore, yes, to keep making FP3000B. And if there are any eccentric billionaires listening, just go ahead and buy the factory. Exactly. (laughs) People are asking all sorts of questions like, well... What's going to happen to the fate of pack film? What's next? Will FP100C be discontinued? And we don't know. But it's important while it's available to buy it and, you know, shoot it up. So I'm sad. Let's take a break and we'll be right back. Swinger, 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 swinger
swinger, meet the swinger, go right swinger. Meet Ollie. You ever meet Ollie? Where's this Ollie guy? <laughs> <laughs> Ollie. Who's this Ollie guy? You seem very anxious to get here like you're going to miss something. Yeah, well. Well, Matt and Leslie are on their way. Oh, great. Yeah, yeah. So Matt and Leslie are on their way, but I thought I'd do a pre-show. Hey, everyone. John Fidelis here. We. This is... The, once again, don't, don't think about this too much. Just chug it. You're making me think about it by saying don't think oh, about it. Oh, God. It smells like... Oh, oh come on, you guys. It smells like dirty feet. Oh, there we it go. It smells like vinegar. Yeah, it's apple cider vinegar. Oh, that's <laughs> disgusting. It's oh! Like, it's like apple cider vinegar. It's carbonated apple Pepper. cider vinegar. It's hot, right? Oh! It's going to make you feel... It's going to clean, clear everything up. This is called... I'm bringing my Buckley's Fire cider. Ooh, that's good, right? It's not good. Yeah. Oh, you know, it's ginger. It's ginger beer. That's yeah. what it is. It's, it's apple cider ginger beer. I instantly got indigestion. What camera did you bring today? Well, let's see. What kind of guy? Mark can't stay for the whole show. Oh. Why not? I gotta go. Gotta go. <laughs> I gotta go. Uh, I gotta go. I don't. What have I got? I've got a Nikon EM10 or EM something or other. Nikon. Good Health Nature Foods peanut butter filled pretzels. This is all from the Taste of Dawn across the street here in Butler. Good though, aren't they? Oh, I know where I got this. Uh, two eight. Twenty eight two eight. This was a, a, a guy came into the store with this. I bought this for five bucks, I think. No way. A guy. Look at this. Oh, that's the Leica? Oh, Leica thanks, hat. Mike. This is excellent. Thank you. This is a Leica R6 that came in the mail with no letter. Like, just, just can't, like, there's a donation sheet here. Oh, oh, here it is. Yeah, I sent it. Uh, from J- Janet. Janet Bogue sent this in. Oh. I thought that was a lens case. That's the lens. That's the lens. That's a long lens. I, that looks like a lens case. Give me this. It's a long lens. It's pretty long. It's a it's a one eighty two point eight. Problem is, yeah. This is a beautiful camera. It's all working, but this, we really need a short lens. So anyone yeah, out? Got two thousand dollars kicking around. Does anyone have a Leica lens they could send us for? What are they? <laughs> Summicron lenses. For a R six. Nice fifty mil two. God, weighs a ton. The lens alone weighs a ton. Fujifilm is discontinuing FP three thousand B. Why? <laughs> oh. You got this. You know this. Fact. 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 Oh. It's old news now. How do you feel about that? But you don't shoot with it. No. Okay. <laughs> okay. You've been listening to shows lately. Yes, I have. So you went to the AC podcast, the one where we test the nacho cheese Doritos? Yes. I remember reliving that horrible experience of eating one of... I didn't even eat the Doritos. I ate a chicken. Oh. Anyways, here's a letter for you to read. His flicker name oh, is... John's mic has been off. Oh, what a... Ah, oh. I'm really sorry, John. Shoot. Oh, well. How about now? Talk, John. Uh, bah, 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 bah. Okay, go ahead. Check one stupid. Check one stupid. <laughs> Here's a letter from Steve Tran. Sorry, this is rude. I'm like, his Flickr name is Aeronautical Disaster. What's that all about, Steve? Oh, that was T-Max. That's there. a good name. It says, hey, guys, love the shoe. And I must say, it really does keep getting better and better with each podcast. I have two general questions for you. One, I've been, one. I've been trying to learn how to pick exposures in my head without use of a light meter for a while now. Outdoors, I use the Sunny 16 rule as a guide. And my pictures are almost always coming out looking great. The problem is when I move indoors. Are you listening? Yeah, of course. Are there any general guides or techniques for shooting without a meter indoors? Uh, just what's in my head. 
I will tell you what's in my head. Don't I don't want to know. It's what's not terrifying. It's not scientific. <laughs> it's when I was a kid, I had an a- Canon FT. I didn't own a flash, and the in-camera meter told me inside, like just inside the house at the dinner mm-hmm. table, mm-hmm. was one uh, fifteenth of a second lens wide open. Yeah. No cameras at the dinner uh, table. Four hundred ASA film. <laughs> that was it. That's it. And those pitch and those pictures came out pretty. They did pretty nice exposure. So work. that's where that's like a, as Leslie would say. That's kind of a starting point. That's where I start. So there you go, Steve. That's number one. Number two. I'm traveling to Dubai next month and would love to shoot some film while I'm over there. I've never taken film with me on an airplane, and I've heard that I have to be careful with it going through security. Do you guys have any tips for traveling with film? Would it be safer if I mail it out to get it developed while I'm over there, or take it back on the plane with me? Again, love the podcast. And I'm eagerly looking forward to the next one. Steve. I re- recently took a trip to Florida, and actually was assigned in in, in you know when you're going through mm. what do you call that check checkpoint TSA TSA. Yeah. Uh, there was actually a sign that said "Film 400 speed and under is fine." Yeah. Like to go through the X-ray. Right. Now it's yeah, interesting. They used to say 1600 or 3200. Yeah. So they must be making more powerful X-rays now. Definitely. I throw everything through the X-ray. Had no problems. No, I I just throw everything through, and I've never had a problem. Yeah, my my take on that is if you're like you know i don't know who annie Leibowitz going through security you may yeah. want to hold on you know you may yeah. you'll get a, a spot on you the get one of your somewhere. people to pass it through. yeah but get it yeah you're gonna, you may get a little speckle here and there but the kind of the kind of photography i do the x-rays can only add to the <laughs> to, to the picture this is brilliant we have to go to the airport every week you can also get uh, coincidentally it's so random i just bought one of these at a yard sale for a dollar a couple weeks ago you can get x-ray bags for yes, your you film it's, really? It looks like a pencil case. It's like a little lead pencil case. Huh. And you stick your film in that, and it's totally secure. So, so Steve, you should do a search on um, eBay or Amazon or you know the wide world interweb. Yeah, or yard sales by my house. <laughs> if we had an FPP, come on down to Mar- Mar- if we had like our own jackass type of movies, but it was FPP, that's the stuff we'd be doing. Going what? through security with Going film? Going through security with like 1600-feet film. off the hook. That would be so insane, dude. <laughs> Be doing it like you'd be dressing up as like you know old man, but you're going through your <laughs> bag, sixteen hundred, thirty two hundred ASA film. Just wait two years; I won't need any makeup or anything. Steve, have any other questions? That would be nope. kind of that would be kind of an interesting photo project. If somebody loads up a camera with thirty two hundred, and then like who does a lot of traveling and goes through airport security a hundred times. If that doesn't sound like a job for Dane. Well, he doesn't fly that much. No, but I'm just saying. He... If there's anybody out there who does a lot of business travel, try it out. See what happens. And speaking of uh, Flickr forums, he mentioned shooting without using a meter or anything. Uh, there's a good, there's a Flickr group called um, you, uh, Use the Force. And it's, really? it's for photographers who shoot without using a meter. Oh, really? So there you go. Yeah, there's a couple of them. I think there would be a learning curve there, but, you know, you just jump into it and I'm pretty comfortable. start somewhere. <clears throat> I'm pretty comfortable outside. Yeah. And also, there are certain films, like the Hawkeye film, right. that are, have a huge latitude on them. So you can be off by three or four stops, and they'll still come out fine. You know, again, mm. in, in, you know, unless you're a professional photographer... You know, for the kind of stuff I shoot, it comes out for <clears throat> What else you got me to read? Um, well, before we actually start the show. <laughs> Which, yeah, right. We didn't even start yet. Yeah, Mark's got to leave, so. Oh. You know, so. What's your problem? Uh, I just want to talk a little bit about what's some new film in the FPP story. This is like breaking news. Flap it down. <clears throat> so what's new in the FPP story? By the way, before I get into that, uh, I have in front of me a Polaroid one-step rainbow camera, mm-hmm. and you know this is like a conundrum when it comes to these cameras. This camera is perfectly functioning, as you can see, yeah. but a pack of film I just put in it, this pack, yeah. this pack I put in, and it would not spit out the black card. Really? I, I tapped it. That's why you heard. You're like... <laughs> or you see, I see people with their packs of cigarettes. Yeah. 
True. You know, I did all sorts of stuff. This pack, this camera doesn't like this pack of films. It's a bum pack. But I don't. There's, it's not a. If I if you put is it just a personality. Camera, it's a personality issue. It's a personality issue. I I put another pack of film in this camera, fresh, fresh, yeah. and it was fine. So hmm. you know, people who expect like to get every shot and every pack out of the, like you have to go with the flow. Hmm. Like so. This yeah. Is so like, what do you do now? You got a bum pack. You could write to the Impossible Project and, and get it swapped mm. out. <laughs> or you could just do what I do. You just, you Fancy know, film throw it in another camera. <laughs> uh, before we start the show, really quick, in the FPP store, I want to let everyone know uh, four new film stocks mm. new, to, new to the FPP. Delicious. Uh, one is a fa- somewhat famous cult film stock. Is from the Sfimup factory. In Russia? Yes, in the former Ukraine. Soviet Union, now called Ukraine. And it's the famous FN64. It's the famous FN64. Uh, it's available again, fresh, for you to um, shoot. It's from the famous Shoska chemical plant in the Ukraine, direct and fresh to the film photography store. Fresh. 64 ASA. I'm holding this Leica with this 80 millimeter lens on it. My arms hurt. FPP. I haven't even got my focus point yet. Ah, FPP Hypercolor 125. I call it Hypercolor because it's kind of a grindy Hypercolor. And this is also imported from the former Soviet Union. It's a 125 ASA color print film. And it's very unique. The film boasts an unusual color palette and offers a look that is unique from any American or Japanese color film stock. The FPP Red Scale Film. Uh, A red scale film is 400 ASA film that's reversed in the cartridge so that you shoot it at 50 ASA. And what it does is it gives you a golden-hued picture. Have you seen my... I was just going to say it, and you just post a couple of new pictures up there? Yeah, from New York City. Yeah, Yeah, cool. Pretty cool, right? Uh It gives a very unique, nice look, and I highly recommend that you know folks go and check yeah. it out. It's a cool look. <laughs> what, cool. what would be perfect application for that uh, film? Landscape. Yeah, like what kind of landscape? Desert, well, uh, mountains. Well, the desert, mountain, cityscape. I did backlit pictures. Yeah, it was on like Forty Second Street, wasn't mm-hmm. it? And uh, oh yeah, that one. Yeah, they looked pretty the cool. In the yeah. frame. Yeah, by, by the movie AMC theater. movie. Yeah, theater. that one was yeah. awesome. I highly thank you. I highly recommend you doing it like early in the morning or late. In the afternoon, when the sun Get is some golden sun, in yeah, there. you have some really good sun, direct sunlight, rather than it being blazing like overhead when it's mm. flat. I gotcha. Um, the most exciting news is FPP Infochrome Color Infrared Film. It's essentially the same and may even be Kodak Aerochrome 3 1443. A color positive infrared film that produces a color slide. Did you see any of those on? This, on I just posted them. Yeah, the, the tree's like kind of reddish. Yeah, yeah. It, it makes foliage red or purple. It's what Lomo's trying to mimic with their purple film. And what's the ASA on that one? Four hundred. Really? Four hundred. Yeah. Oh, I'll have to check it out. Yeah. In order to achieve the in-camera color effect, it's recommended that you shoot with a yellow filter on your lens. This is this is the filter I have used for the examples that's uh, on my Flickr page, also in the show notes. Many shooters also use an orange or red filter. It will give you varied results, and I ex- you know encourage everyone to experiment. Filters can be purchased at eBay or Freestyle, John. Freestyle! <laughs> What's the ISO? Well, I answered that already. Technically, the film has no ASA or ISO. This means you can experiment, so you'll get different use with whatever ISO you use. So if you, shoot, if you shoot at a 400, you get a certain U, and if you shoot it lower or higher, you'll get, you know. That's interesting. Yeah. How do you process it? Well, it's... What are you asking me? I don't know. It's E6 film. E6. 
Or you can cross-process it as C41. Did you, but, did you cross-process? No. But, no. But, color infrared film. But, color yeah. infrared film. But, you can't use it in modern cameras because modern cameras apparently have some kind of LCD light. LED oh, light. yeah. That, does, that senses something. Yeah. So you but, need to use it in old-fashioned, like an AE1 or a, really? an older camera that doesn't. Yeah. You can't expose this film to any light. Hmm. Got to load it in the dark so or the in very light, dim. Even the safe light is not no, safe. No, 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 safe light. No, 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 no. So you got to right. use an old-fashioned camera. More you know. like an unsafe light. Very unsafe. And when are you leaving, by the way? <laughs> uh, Soon. All right. And when it's processing, let's say you send it to your lab that does E6. Most E6 processing also has light no way. in the process. That doesn't affect normal films. So you got to label this stuff. You have to label it, but if you use the darkroom.com, because I mentioned to Phil when I was, yeah. saw him in New York recently, I said, Phil, he's like, when we see color infrared, we do a special dip and dunk specifically for this film mm. at no extra charge. Wow. And I'm not wow. knocking my friends over at Dwayne's Photo, because I like them very much, but they called me and said, this is color infrared, and they charged me an extra five bucks. That's not nice. No. Yeah, it's understandable. but It is yeah. understandable. But right now, the darkroom is not charging the extra fee. So that's why people might say, well, why do you recommend the darkroom? Not only are they pals of the FPP, but they really do a good job. They care. They really do yeah, care. Yeah, they really do a great job. And that's why I'm always uh, plugging uh, the darkroom. Same goes for the Red Scale film, mm-hmm. which I did not know. When I met Phil, he's like, oh, yeah, we do a special process for Red Scale. I said, why? It's C41. Mm. He says, if you run it through the machines, because it's backwards, it'll scratch the emulsion. No way. Could scratch the emulsion. Mm-hmm. C41. Hey, I want to tell everyone, there you go. That's the information. Uh, FP3000B, as of this recording, and of uh, here we are, December 1st, 2013, is available. Mm-hmm. Get it while you can. Uh, same thing with the color infrared. It's a rage. As soon as I posted mm-hmm. it, I th- my email mailbox was flooded. All right, man. Well, Mark has to leave. Sorry, right. Mark. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> See you later. Matt and Leslie will be here any second. Ollie will take your place. We're going to start the whole show. This is an exciting show. We have Joseph Brunges coming on. He's You remember Joseph? Of course. Got the big camera. Yeah, big camera. He's going to do... Um, Photographs? Like a wet plate. Wet plate. Oh, that'll be interesting. And we're going to be... i tell you all about everything, and we'll just... Uh, we'll right back. Right back. Okay. Okay, I'm beautiful. Now, on to the party. Well, I want proof of this. No, you don't. We're late already. Don't worry. This is the world's fastest developing color. You see it in seconds now, not minutes. Well, there's your proof. Go on, get it all out of your system. The Time Zero One Step and Time Zero Super Color Film are made for each other. That's why they both come in Polaroid's new made for each other pack. Feel better now? Okay, let's go. You taking that to the party? Why not? I'm taking you. Made for each other. Hey, Mike hey. Oh, <laughs> oh, 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 hey. How you doing? Hey, this is Film Photography Podcast 92. Hey, this is Film John, December 1st, 2013. Wow. Yeah. It's Can you to, imagine? It's hard to believe that yeah. 2013 has drifted by. Yep. We're in but the season now, right? We're in the season. Thing. I'm thrilled to have everyone here. It's myself, Leslie Lazenby, mm-hmm. Matt Mirage, hey. John Fideli. Hey, Merry Christmas. Happy Merry. And, <laughs> and for this show, we have a special guest, Joseph Brunges. Oh, no is kidding. He's coming in to do wet plate. It's collodion photography, oh, right? How cool Correct. Is that? Yeah. So it's um, tin, tin types. He's making modern day tin types of us. Not awesome. Tim types. <laughs> Tim Tams. Yeah, Tim Tams. That would be a brain. process. It would. 
Uh, so Joseph's going to be joining us in a little while. Today we're going to be talking about circuit cameras, which is called hyper panoramic cameras. Mm, Never heard cool. of it. Very excited about it. Yeah. We'll be talking about uh, pa- the panoramic format. Uh, from cropped frame 35 millimeter to ultra large format, we're going to be talking about when I when I mention this, I think of that uh, Beatles song. It's on the Abbey Road. Something about the Sun King. How's that go? Here comes the Sun King. Everybody's happy. <laughs> I don't know the words. Yeah, it's awesome. There you go. So even though we have uh, less sun now that we're in December, it still doesn't mean yeah. you can't be in your nice, toasty home mm. with the sun pouring in from a window That's right. to make your own prints. This original topic was called an Elven Toy Camera, but in fact, it's not a camera. It's just basically a little holder that uses something called sun paper, and I'm kind of amazed by yeah. it, and I think I'm going to be picking some up myself. We're going to be talking about that. That's all on this show and lots more when we come back. Hey, it's Michael Rosso, and you know this time of year, the the gift buying time of year. I just wanted to I just wanted to give a quick intro to our FPP Plastic Filmtastic Debonair Camera. That's right, the FPP. That's right, the best thing since buttered bread. The FPP Debonair 120 Film Camera. So if you buy an FPP Debonair Camera, it's nineteen ninety nine US. Plus, you get a roll of film with it. It is the best bargain on the planet regarding medium format film. And the and the two, three, four, five thumbs up for the FPP Demonair are coming in daily via email. This really is a plastic film-tastic. Hey, let's run our 2012 Christmas spot for the Demonair. And don't forget to pick one up. There's a brand new camera in the FPP store. Ooh, really? It's a it's a plastic film tastic 120. Look at that. Yeah, a one. <laughs> this is known as a 120 Debonair camera. Ooh. It takes 16 shots per roll of 120 roll like film. It. It's not a Holga. It's not a Diana. It's made at a mysterious unknown factory in Hong Kong. Nice. Sometime in the 1980s. Uh-huh. And FPP just acquired a boatload. Sitting in a box somewhere it. in a warehouse. All Literally these. a boatload. It has a uh, f8 60 millimeter super lens. It's super. It has a uh, hot shoe on top. Hot shoe. Sure. And you, you folks out there can have this camera. Okay. Go to filmphotographyproject.com. You click the store, and then you go to uh, 120 film cameras, and there it is. So this is a great awesome. 120 star awesome. camera. Yes, the if you've thing. never shot 120 roll film before, this is the perfect camera to start, start with. Ooh, look at that, Dave. Perfect camera to start with, roll <laughs> film. This is a good camera just to keep in your bag oh, because yeah. it's going to give you those dreamy good, good sound. You you get double, triple, awesome. quadruple exposure. Sounds like a weed whacker. <laughs> <laughs> so check it out. And yeah, of course, it breaks, you should use it that's huge. <laughs> and of course, by visiting thefilmphotographystore.com also helps keep us going here at the Film Photography Podcast. Thank you very much. Hey, we're back. Oh, oh, Since it's, uh, you know, earlier in the day and the sun's shining, why don't we talk about, Leslie, the whole concept of using uh, sun paper 
which I've known about, but I've been just ignored. It never seems heard like about something it. you would enjoy, John, with your children. Yes, oh, absolutely. So I'm very eager to hear about what, this. What is it all about? Sun paper? They've had sun paper for years. They used to call it, uh, sometimes they called it cyanotype paper. Called it pop paper. It's not pop paper, printout what paper. Pop paper. Pop, pop it stands for printout paper. Printout paper. Oh. It's not printout paper. No, it's not. It's closer it's, to blueprints than anything else. It's closer to blueprint, a yeah. blueprint paper. No, no kidding. Interesting. Commonly called sun print paper. Mm-hmm. Um, it's available. I bought my last pack off the bay. Mm-hmm. I bought it in eight by ten sheets. You can buy it smaller. But you it's around twelve and a half for fifteen sheets. You chop them up for this. Chop them up. You can handle this in a subdued, subdued r- light, easy room, room light. light. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to cut it, to place it. it, has a blue side, a white side. You put objects. You know, you take it outside. You put objects on it, and you leave it out in the make, sun. Make a photogram. Oh, no yeah. Do a photogram. Bring it in, and to process it, you simply run it underwater. Doesn't have really? to be cold, doesn't have to be hot. Squeeze a little lemon juice in it if you want a more intense blue. Yeah, that really? intensifies it just like saying But I also like <laughs> to use it as a contact paper. So you can contact print your negatives with it. Oh, yeah, I was most interested in the fact you could take a negative. Right. Uh, Maybe a larger one, like a 127 size. Sure. I've got a 4x5 cooking right now. You could take your 127 Mm. eggs, John, and make a print from it. You and your children. Yes. That would be fun. And then that's like the whole concept of the negative going to the positive kind of right before their eyes. Well, that's definitely a art project for the kids. Absolutely. And it's very, and it's very safe. There's, very there's safe. no nasty chemistry. You awesome. can wash it in the kitchen sink. Just really awesome. easy. Love it. It's, it's a great starter project. Uh, a lot of schools, when they want to demonstrate photography, it's, uh, it's the first thing you do. Really? Is that right? You, they, mm-hmm. Yeah, you get. I remember doing this in first grade or kindergarten. We would gather leaves from, from around. We'd make sure it's, you know, the kids aren't grabbing poison ivy or anything. <laughs> but then we like, lay the leaves on the paper, and then you come back. You go to lunch. You come back. You take them off. Wash it off. And it's and like then, the day's and, project. Yeah. And then you take, the ne- you take it up the next step, and you tell them to look for things that you can see through, a yep. piece of glass, uh, things that have a semi-transparency right. to them. And then all at once you can see through them on the paper. So then it kicks it up another level and they start thinking about the little items they're going to collect. Hmm. Yeah, and just like any other photo process, it's it never gets old. It's so it much fun to old. watch the image yeah, right. come up. Yeah. I had forgotten about it for years. So I used no. to teach uh, an advanced class with it, just photography things. And I, as always, am, am searching weird, odd, mm-hmm. rare Strange. Those are the terms I use on eBay. Yeah. And this little um, Elven camera came up, and it's simply just a little cardboard Elven box. <laughs> and uh, it's a Hong Kong company. I really couldn't find out very much I... about it. It was one of those things. It was just a little hang tag item, probably fifty nine cents from the fifties or sixties. But it is just a little cardboard shaped stamped camera. The back of it though has a little flip out glass plate, and you're supposed to put your little yeah. sun paper mm-hmm. it's a little misleading and, um, it's a little misleading magic <laughs> yeah. sun picture 35 millimeter camera magic sun for, for boys. boys only Uh-oh. only very strange I'm, oh, i was offended and then inside <laughs> I've, I've never opened this there was your little package of sun paper on the inside was it still good or that's i've never tried it i'm going to assume it's not I bought a fresh pack now, and cut it down. Can so. you buy, you mentioned buying fresh packs of sun paper on the yes. bay, but can you walk into like a Michael's or Joanne's stores? Um, I don't think Joanne's, maybe Michael's. There used to be, um, do you remember the name of the, the school teachers' stores? In, oh, school supply stores? Yes. Was it Teachers mm. Books and More? Um, no, it wasn't. It that was, was a local. A teacher's store. There was like a scholastic store up yep. in Toledo that used to they sell They would that always kind of have stuff. it. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. where, where, like you could buy, the kindergarten teachers could buy all like the boards and the stickers and things. You could buy sun paper there. 
Because it was when, just a nice little pickup project. A, Check on a teacher store in Finley, even though it wasn't a chain, I could buy it there. Yeah, yeah. The stuff made you're... by a company called Tedco. T E D C O. It's exposed by sun. Let me ask you some wacky questions. Sure. Could you cut it out into four by five, put in a film holder, put in the back of a camera, leave the lens open, and walk away? Yes, you could. You could. Yes. Long time, but you could walk. But away. you're going to get a negative, Can not you a positive. Leave it open for, uh, for but too that's long? okay. Contact print it with another piece of it. Take it another step. It's going to be. Um, a long exposure. Long, long, long yeah, exposure. Because you're dealing with also going through a piece of paper, too. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty awesome. Sun uh-huh. art paper, ages six plus. That covers <laughs> us. Boys only. <laughs> no, <laughs> boys only. Boys only. No girls allowed. Girls, go play with your dolls. Well, that's awesome. It is. It's, it's, it's fun to play with and fun to expand the uh, photography concept with. Mm-hmm. Hey, John, what have you been shooting with lately? What are your favorite stocks? I know, you know, from a few shows before, we talked about 127 mm-hmm. film. Have you been shooting 127 film? Uh, I shot. I shoot it when I get it. I don't buy it that often because I only have the one camera. Oh, okay. But it, since you gave me the uh, the little adapters, I can shoot sprockets 35 millimeter. I, I enjoy that much more. Yeah. But I love shooting the 645 Mamiya. I just love it. 645 Mamiya, that's your favorite. That's the favorite. 120 film camera. Yeah. Just the feel of it, the sound of it when the shutter clicks, the just the satisfying feeling I get when I hold it, and it's got an auto winder, so it's like, and you handhold it, you handhold it, yeah, to shoot with mostly, yeah. You know, I don't even own a tripod. Oh. Isn't that crazy? It is. I just I, lean yeah. against trees and on my knees and on the ground. This is a, John's talking about a Mamiya M six forty five. It's like a staple camera if you were a wedding photographer in the mm-hmm. year nineteen ninety. Yeah. Yeah, and I, because Mike and I grew up sh- shooting uh, weddings we on videotape. videotape. And every wedding we went to, there are these guys with these huge cameras and these huge flashes, mm-hmm. you know, the whole... They have the whole bracket. bracket. The yeah, yeah, of course. It's insane. So for me to be able to own one of those... <laughs> and not have the bracket. And <laughs> not have the bracket is... Or the mother-in-law. You know, kind of a really right. cool full circle thing. It me. is full circle. You never would have thought in a million years that you would be shooting with the camera that Gene Gabelli was using. Never. <laughs> the camera that... The guy who shot my wedding right. used. Yes. Did you uh, go pick up your negatives? Never. <laughs> Do you like shooting with? I'm holding my hand a roll of 127. I like, yeah, I like it's a Yashica 44. Right. It's a, what do you call it's it? A TLR. Let's get TLR. Mm-hmm. You look yes, down. twin lens reflex. You open up the top. You yep, look down, down into it and you focus. Yeah. Do you get any satisfaction out of shooting with a camera like that? Sometimes. Not a lot. It's, do you find it's harder to run and gun and grab like a shot of your oh, children? definitely. You really got to know what you're doing. Yeah. It's uh, so much easier with the 35. Is or, that square format? Yeah. Because 127, of course, comes in square, rectangular, yeah. depending on your camera. Yeah. That's the square. I mean, I love working with the negatives and scanning them in. And, of course, the Debonair. Oh, Debonair. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not shooting too much 35. I'm shooting a lot more 120. Or if I shoot 35, it'll be sprockets. I'm mm-hmm. slowly working my way up to get a, you know, to hone in my craft and get a nice medium or, you know large format camera are you i'd love to yeah is that you right know what? i don't know what you're, i don't think i'm not ready yet i was though. gonna say you That's seem a little thing. tense i'm not ready you go you, you taking the step in the right direction by downgrading to decaf but once mm. your children are in grade school and you actually have large gaps yeah. of time well mark uh dalzell and i spoke about because he has some time uh in the afternoons so we're gonna try and go out uh, you know what we're gonna call me huh you're not going to call me? I'll call you if you want to come. <laughs> <laughs> These guys are going to shoot large format. In You're always Jersey. like this. Oh, John, By the way, this will be John's oh, God, last time on the show. 
<laughs> You're always too busy. So I'll, I will definitely I'll need include, an invite. I will definitely include you. He'll need advance notice because he's got to do the camera selection. Yeah. Oh. oh. Well, for large format, I still have to select. Like, uh. Uh, so, well, look, you could do this. I'll invite you. You can bring your, your graphics. For and, graphics? Yeah, yeah. What's my the, crown graphic. Yeah. Crown you graphics. know, I could bring my Wista, and you could use my crown graphic or vice versa. You know? Boom. Oh, there you go. There you go. See? Yeah. Teacher, student. Right. Just like one of Matt's workshops. Yes. There hey. you go. Although you'll be the one that'll be like, oh, wait, oh, I have this up. Don't do that. No, wait. Oh. <laughs> Don't do it this way. Smack in the head. Put the film in. Put the film in the back. Put the film. No, it's backwards. Put it. Oh, Jesus. Give me that. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That'd be yeah. awesome, John. Yeah, that'd be fun. And it's, I'm glad you mentioned the FPP Debonair because with holidays coming up, now is the time to really go to the filmphotographystore.com. Mm-hmm. And there is uh, not an inf- infinite amount of cameras. It's what I shoot my holiday gatherings with. It is finite. Easy and fun. Very finite. And Very those finite. boxes are dwindling. Yeah. And someday, soon, there will be no more FPP debonairs. Except for the last mini case. <laughs> and imagine that in Finley, Ohio. That's right. But that price going. is going to skyrocket. Yeah, so I would recommend yeah. getting on the boat now. Yeah, Wasn't I might need a second one, actually. It, back in the spring, remember when I, before I, I, I hit the rickety road, I dropped off? At, I, it was like 5 in the morning. I yep. pulled by, imagine that. I stack Devonairs up outside. Like <laughs> outside the door. Like a, and I didn't really? get there till maybe 10 o'clock. Like a bread delivery. And they were still there. No one had touched them. <laughs> oh. <laughs> this would be a good time to roll in a spot that we recorded much earlier in the year. Oh, let's do it. Yeah. I'm here in the studio with Matt. We're doing a live spot for the Debonair. Oh my gosh, that plastic, fantastic. Yep, easily the coolest 120 toy camera out there. 120 toy camera FPP found 2,000 cameras up in Rochester, New York. They're now in the FPP store. It's 19.99 US, and while supplies last, you get the camera and a roll of 120 film. We've been selling it now for a month or so, and it's usually popular. We're sending out a lot of cameras per per week. As a matter of fact, I, some of the folks at the show that we ran into... What show? ...had ordered from the FPP store. Lately, myself, Matt, and Leslie from Imagine That... Imagine That. <laughs> sprockets. Oh, they just look fantastic, Mike. Uh, we Instead of using 120 film in the FPP Debonair, which is a 120 plastic camera... Myself, Matt, and Leslie have been dropping in 35-millimeter cartridges. It fits perfectly. All you need is, like, a piece of, like, uh... Packing peanuts? Packing peanuts. Some gaffer's tape? Yeah, one on each side. And Mm. you're good to go. It fits in perfect and... Nice and snug. Nice and snug, and it it creates, uh, your image on 35-millimeter film includes the image onto the sprocket area of the film, which is... Very cool. When people see that, they're like, whoa, how'd you do that sprocket photography? (laughs) So the FPP Debonair Film Photography Store dot com. I know it sounds funny. You'd be like, "Hey man, you got a, you have two thousand of them." It's a limited amount. Think about it. That's it. How many you guys, guys and girls out there listening? We have way over two thousand listeners listening to FPP regularly. Get it now. It is the coolest camera. A number one recommended by myself, Matt, Leslie, anyone that's used it so far. Two thumbs up. So filmphotographystore.com. dot com. 120 film cameras, there it will be. Check it out. Oh, the Devonier. Hey, we're back. 
Uh, I have a very special segment right now. I'm very excited to introduce uh, uh, Joseph Brunches, FPP listener, photographer, large format shooter. Uh, this is an awesome segment. Joseph, he wrote in and said, "Hey, I want to, I want to roll, I want to roll down the rickety road with my uh, whole setup. I want to set up, shoot you guys, lar- large format, yeah, wet plate, collodion. wet plate, yeah. wet plate, collodion, mm-hmm. yeah. and I'll develop it right there." I said, "Sure, Joseph. We've met. We met at the PDN Photo Expo, maybe yeah. once, maybe twice." Yeah, twice Twice. Now. twice. Yeah. Uh, and how did you first uh, find the FPP? Uh, well, I found you guys on iTunes. Um, I think I just typed in photography and it came up. And I had just, been, just gotten back into film photography at the time, so I thought I would check it out. And this was back around episode three. So episode that was, three? Yeah. Amazing. So I, was, I think I joked at one of the PDNs that I was stalking you silently because I okay. never wrote you or anything. Oh, okay. But, uh, but I came to a PDN two years ago and, and got to meet you guys. And, um, and then I came back. I was hoping to do the meetup last summer but in New York, but I, was, uh, I had some sort of family obligation. I can't remember what it was, right. but it was, I think my daughter had a dance recital. or I don't okay. remember exactly what it was, but I couldn't come. And, but I did go to PDN again. And then um, and then December, shortly after that, I, I went and took a workshop at the Center for Alternative Photography in New York on uh, tintypes. Well, it was wet plate collodion, but I, I focused on tintypes because that's what I was most interested in. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, the process at first scared me because of all the chemicals involved. I was afraid of, you know, especially the fixer, which was uh, potassium cyanide. But when I showed up, they go, oh, we're not going to use cyanide today. We're going to use Ilford Rapid Fixer, which is a modern version. I went, ah, I can do this at home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, of course, my wife said, no, you can't <laughs> So uh, until we moved. So we were, we were planning on moving. And so in March, we moved to a house that had a garage where I could uh, do this stuff and store the chemicals safely. Because uh, the collodion has ether in it, which is highly explosive. Uh, silver nitrate right. uh, can blind you permanently. Right. And then, um, the, so the Ilford Rapid Fix is actually pretty benign, thank goodness. For Joseph, you mentioned getting back into phot- photography. Did you start with film, make a progression to digital, and then for some reason go back to film? What is the history? Uh, I did. My dad uh, taught high school photography. And uh, when I was probably in sixth or seventh grade, my parents bought me a 35 millimeter point and shoot and I used to take it to school and shoot all my friends and then my father would do the developing process and then it, but he'd give me the negatives and I'd go in the dark room and actually try to make prints oh, okay and of course you know none of them are straight and there's chemical spills all over them but the, you know they mean a lot to me that I, now that I've got all these old prints and then one day when I was at school I was running up the stairs I think this is actually probably the second camera I broke the first one somehow I don't remember how this is in camera number two. I was running up some stairs wearing a hooded sweatshirt, and it was in that pouch in the middle, and I was running, and it started moving, and it fell out of my pocket and went <laughs> down three flights of stairs. And, of course, it was a plastic camera. It just went into a zillion pieces. And then uh, my parents said, hmm, I think you don't need a camera for a while, oh. <laughs> you know, because that was number two. Oh. So, uh, so I just kind of put it down. And then um, in the early 2000s, I think a friend of mine had bought a, a point-and-shoot digital and showed me some of the pictures. And, I, th- you know, on a screen, they look great. And I thought, wow, this is pretty nice so i got one and then um, my ba- daughter was born in 2006 so i i used that as an excuse to get a decent digital digital camera and start shooting that and i don't know i guess i got kind of bored with it and uh i bought a holga okay and uh my first first uh role i got back from the holga i just looked at it and went ah oh, there's the look that i'd forgotten yes. about you know that organic just you know and that kind of unexpected you know you have to wait for it you have to you know and what was neat about the Holga was you didn't really have to worry about shutter speed and aperture or anything. You, you just kind of went and shot. And so it kind of freed me up to just the first roll I just loved. And um, so shortly after that, I bought a Pentax 645N. And the second I saw a medium format negative, like with a sharp lens, I was sold. That's like, that's it. You know, I did end up getting a, um, a 35 Canon because I had a lot of Canon digital gear. So I wanted to be able to 
use my lenses on 35 millimeters. So I got bought a uh, 35 millimeter Canon EOS Alan 7N, nice. which is a great, that's a great camera. Uh, I think it was actually one of the last ones they made. So it was the newest, you know, yeah. I thought, well, at least I'll get something that's, you know, been around for the least amount of time. And it was new in box pretty much for like okay. 30 or $40. This was before really, you know, film got back in, back into it. This was, and now I, I've, I had, I had the gas, uh, <laughs> And slowly have been building up size of format. And so I got a four by five and I thought, okay, that's it. I'm done. You know, that's as far, that's as big as I want to get. And then I saw these tintypes and I thought, oh, a four by five tintype looks so small. So uh, in March, I bought an eight by 10 and, and started shooting eight by 10 plates and, and haven't looked back. What triggered you to go from, you know, traditional negatives to, you know, start doing large format, but not just large format sheet film, but you know, plates, glass plates, or uh, considered glass plates. Uh, I have shot. I've shot a couple glass plates. What are you shooting now? What is that um, called? These are c- called tin types. Uh, I guess if formerly it would be a, a what? Alumina, alumina type. Alumina type. Yeah. yeah. Alumina type. Because yeah. it's on uh, trophy aluminum. But you're coating it with chemistry. Like what? What was the trigger to? Um, well, a couple things. One is that I've you know I've just been watching the watching film slowly i wouldn't say die but just the the, the amount of stocks are, are disappearing not that i'm really worried about it but I, I uh i i thought well to play it safe i'd like to know how to do something else that i know i can keep, keep doing because i don't think film is going away but i think the price of it is going to start becoming cost prohibitive to many i i don't know up you know I'm, I'm not a polaroid person at heart but i do like being able to see the picture w- within minutes of having actually shot it and the the web plate process allows me not only to get you know a feedback on what i did but it's a positive it's done all i have to do is varnish it after i wash it and it's it's ready to go with the negative stuff i mean it's partly from my living conditions i was living in a small apartment at the time and i had to basically kind of like sign out the bathroom for an hour say nobody can use the bathroom i have to you know and and uh so tray developing was difficult but that's another reason why i didn't own an eight by ten for for film at the time because uh, I had a Mod 54 that I was just using to develop my um, 4x5 sheets in a Patterson tank. And that way I could at least do it in the light. But uh, it just, I, th- trying to organize all that with my family and everything just was um, be starting to become a challenge. And then this house, I'm kind of, this new house, I have to build this dark room. So I've still got, I'm probably still a month away or two months away from really being able to do actual work. The web play stuff is really appealing because it's quick, it's fast. It's it's a slow process while you're doing it, but you don't have to take that extra step of going into the darkroom and making prints, right? Or scanning it and and uh, and then sending away for prints, or or you know taking a, a chip somewhere. Yeah. The process of it, whole process of pouring chemistry, and I saw the elaborate process you, you did today of pouring the chemistry and coating the tin plate. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, that's very much a hands-on. Yeah, that, that's. I think that's one of the appeals for me is that um, I've, I felt digital photography just there was no. You didn't get to do anything. You know, like you right. took the picture and then you sat behind a computer. I, I was a terrible. I mean, I, I'm not really an artist at all, and I've, I've always kind of wanted to know how to draw and do these things. And then, so photography appealed a lot to me because I could make images without having to draw them. This this tactile. I mean, it smells like photography. It looks like you know. Mm-hmm. There's so much to it that. It feels. I feel like I'm making an object as much as I'm making an, right. an, an image, and so that that appeals to me quite. A, and it's a one of a kind. You know, I um, I had a problem about six months ago where one of my pictures was stolen on the internet. It's a picture of my daughter, and it's basically on every continent other than Antarctica, being used for all kinds of things. And 
And so for I, real, yeah. And I've I've I found I got it removed from Pinterest seven times from from six different sources. You know, oh, so it's not sourced back to you. No, my name was on none of it. This is the image, uh, the uh, the portrait. That's yeah, my daughter. Do- it's a picture of my daughter playing piano. Oh, I um, maybe I haven't seen that one. It's what is my, it being used for? Uh, we'll see. It was a motivational poster in Spain. Um, somebody colorized my daughter's dress for something like We Love Music over it, and you can buy postcards to send to your friends in Turkey. Let's see. It's being used on a piano school's website in China. Someone was using it as their avatar on Facebook, but I got it removed. Oh, <laughs> I, I've, I've actually had pretty good success. I mean, it was all over the place. I used Google you know, Google Images. You can upload an image, and, uh, and the returns you get sometimes are scary, uh, but I found that just all over the place and most of the domestic people who are using it i got them to take it down you know canada and united states just the threat of you know it's hey this is a copyright image i don't know where you got it from but you know you shouldn't be using it without my permission and and so most people were pretty nice and took it down the, the guy from Turkey still got his up, and and in China they won't even let me email them. The, uh, I can't even get because you know they don't speak English at all. Right. I, there's just no way for me to to get at those people to 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 do anything about it. So that's kind of a loss. Right. Uh, this is an interesting topic because this has come up, and yes. you know I personally haven't noticed any any of my images being stolen, but I don't look. Did you? How did you happen to notice? I'm trying to remember. There, I think I found Ten Eye first. I think I just did it for fun because somebody mentioned Ten Eye to me. And that was one of my favorite images, so I just put it up there, and then, of course, that was horrified. I found a couple others that are used for little minor things, but they're, you know, they were posted on someone's blog like two years ago. Nobody's looking at that page. I mean, and, right. and it wasn't, nobody was using it for, for financial gain, so it didn't really bug me. But, it, you know, a picture of my daughter just kind of just like set me off just a little bit, <laughs> you know? Right. right. And, and so I've kind of pulled back a little bit um, some of my images. So I haven't posted much new on Flickr, which is, you know, kind of disappointing for me because I, lo- I enjoy doing that. But my own website, I, I just kind of, my website used to be for conducting because I'm a musician and a conductor. And, and so it was just as from a promotion of myself as conductor, but I've kind of taken all that down and now put up my tintype pictures, but I've slapped really ugly watermarks over those. And, right. And I hate to do that. I mean, it ruins your enjoyment of seeing the image, but I don't have to worry as much of someone taking it and using it. Right. You should be getting, you know, a link back somehow. Yeah. Acknowledgement. I, yeah, I tried that at first. You know, I said, hey, if you're at least you're going to use it, put my name on it and give me a link to my website. And, and I was getting really nowhere with that response. Really? I, the, the best the best way I got action was, hey, uh, remove that picture or or I'm going to have to take legal action. And all of a sudden, boom, pop, right. it disappeared. The, the the woman on Facebook was from Italy, and she just could, I had a friend on the internet who spoke Italian, and she just like relayed their conversation back where she had no idea why it was wrong. Oh, yeah. oh. you know why it was wrong yeah. for her to use yeah. my image. You know, and it was on onex.com. And when you uh, use an image from onex.com, it posts their tiny little watermark on the bottom left, and it has like the web the web address, the URL, the image, where you the URL got it. and everything. But it, you know, if someone's using it this big, you can't even tell. Can't see. Yeah. And then and then they put it on there without any, and you can't click on it and link back to onex, and you can't see my name because it's so small. Right. So right. I just kind of that. Yeah, I, I was I was working hard on that, and I had friends actually because the. The guy from Turkey posted it on some uh, some site, some like uh, blog site. No, site. I guess it was like a blog site, and I joined the site so that I could complain about it, and they banned me from the site. Oh, of course. Because <laughs> I'm thinking, oh gosh, he must be a moderator or something, you know. Uh, but then I had two other people do it, and so by the combination of like three people doing it, I got it removed. You know, it's kind of a losing battle because everyone, when people see images on the internet, they're they're free. You know, right. in most people's minds, they're free to use in whatever way you want to use them. So did it, did it uh, 
put a, like a black cloud over your enthusiasm for a while? Have you recovered? And at this point, do you care? Uh, I think I'm just careful. I mean, actually, you know, at the beginning, you have to go, wow, I'm good enough that someone would take one of my pictures and use it for something. But then it, it, now that I'm becoming more serious about photography, I think I care a little more. You know, the, 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 as long as I, I don't feel so bad because the, the worst example of this that I've ever heard of is Richard Prince taking Sam Abel's picture of, of a cowboy. Mm-hmm. It was a Marlboro ad. He took all the text off the ad. That's it. Made a, made a big poster of it and sold it for $3 million. And it was Sam, Sam Abel's picture. But Sam Abel couldn't do anything about it because Marlboro owned the rights to it and they didn't want to sue him over it. Why, not? Why didn't Marlboro want to sue him over it? They probably got bad, bad press. Yeah, they just didn't want to deal with the press over it. I mean, what's the point to them? To them, it's, it's just, just hey, it's, it's, just, it's, it's a cigarette. It's yeah. just an image, you know. Yeah. Uh, there's a real classy interview of Sam Abel about that whole experience on YouTube. If you just um, uh, if you use the Google Sam Abel, Sam Abel and Richard Prince, you'll you'll read about that because uh, a lower court filed for uh, a, a different photographer sued Richard Prince over it over using his images, and a lower court, I think. Uh, filed in favor of the photographer, and then, but he, uh, Richard Prince, uh, appealed it, and an upper court overturned it. So it's 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 a real gray area now about um, it's called appropriation art. Yeah. You right? know where you where you take other people's art and then make collages and right right all kinds of you, you make just enough alteration to blur the legal lines basically right. yeah. yeah I'm I'm of the mentality and maybe maybe it's wrong of me to to be of this mentality but I, I feel like someone that's stealing my image on the internet is not someone that was going to pay me for a print or anyway, something yeah. in the first place why why do I care kind of thing right. um, I yeah think I think I think it yeah. changes once you someone wants to charge for that image and say it's their own then that's you know that's really wrong well the neat thing about tintypes is that a scanned image is just like a shadow of what the actual object is because there's you know you just can't when you look at a tintype you you know when light penetrates it it's just it's so different from seeing it on a screen and and so it's you can't reproduce it right right and that that sense i think it's nice it also makes it so you can charge a lot more for the original so do you see yourself uh moving into this like Hardcore, like I'm going to do nothing but tintypes from here on out, or I think I'm leaning that way. Um, I think I'm going to keep shooting. I'm still shooting film because I, I love four by five film because I, I love printing. Uh, I just got into printing again. I mean, I, I printed when I was in you know seventh grade, but I didn't know what I was doing. And so uh, in the past year, I took a, a printing class, and I'm probably going to do some more work at the ICP. You know, they have a, a continuing education program that's quite good. Can you tell us a little bit about um, who taught you wet plate? Because I recognized her name. And oh, maybe- sure. Uh, Joni Sternbach was the, the teacher for my class. She, Very good wet plate photographer. Yeah, her her uh, most popular work is uh, Surfland, which is a book on uh, surfers. So she took her, you know, dark box out into the sea spray and air I, I, and her plates look so clean i don't know how she managed to do it because uh she's shooting eight by ten as well and and I, at first i thought oh it, four by five plates are so easy these tiny little things it'll be so easy to go to eight by ten and then the first eight by ten plate i poured was a just absolute disaster because you can't hold it with one hand half the time and we have to position it you, ha- you have to figure out a way to use both hands and and that mm-hmm. was a new new experience and for a while um, i didn't uh, i didn't have to worry about watermarking my pictures because my thumbprint on the side was just like <laughs> yep that's my picture there's my thumb 
over and over again, but I, I finally uh, gotten to a point where I can shoot. I mean, I can uh, pour pretty consistent plates and get decent exposures. Do you uh, do you worry about the state of uh, alternative process photography and where a wet plate is at right now? It's it is the most popular alternative process by far. Yeah, it's it's. It's, I would say that a lot of people are trying it out, and so it's, it's almost a fad right now to try it out. But I also think that those, a lot of those people will try it and then will move away from it and try something else. And because it is a, it, it's a labor of love. If, if you're really not diehard into it, then you won't keep doing it. As I think we were, we were talking before while I was shooting the plates, I can't buy a, a brass plate, a brass lens right now because they're so expensive. But if I wait a couple years when all this dies down again, then, then I'll probably be able to get the same lens at half the price. You know, I'm shooting on a modern lens. I, I like the look of modern lenses. I mean, I, I even though web plate, you know, traditionally is shot on these old blast brass lenses that have one kind of center of focus and everything else is kind of blurred around. I like having things sharp. I mean, it's kind of a nice balance between the old look with a new, mm-hmm. you know, a new coated lens that has all those benefits of you know new technology. Well, I think you know we're we're. In the 21st century, um, I don't know what the point is of trying to make something look like it's 19th century when right. there's clearly going to be something in the image that, that dates it. Photography just does that. There's always a, a moment frozen in time, and it just gives it away whether what they're wearing, uh, general appearance, and having a modern having a modern look to it just kind of makes it, it's one another thing that helps it helps differentiate your work mm-hmm. one and just kind of dates it yeah, yeah I, th- I think originally I, I i did what probably most people do is go and look for old things you know <laughs> right, and right. take a thin type of it and go hey look here's this old picture of something that's old already uh but i, I actually find that shooting newer things looks really it's really disorienting mm-hmm. to see something new shot with an old process because you, you kind of do a double take it's like an anachronism yeah it's it's quite like my daughter has lots of toys so um she and i like set up these little scenarios she actually has, since my wife and I are both musicians, so my daughter actually has a Mozart and Beethoven action figure. <laughs> get, <laughs> so, him, get him young. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, so her Mozart action figure has this little, little um, he has a little chair, and you can actually go online, like print out the car, print out a piano and put it together and stuff. But um, we, we, we set up Mozart standing kind of in the middle, and we, we surrounded him. She loves dinosaurs, so we surrounded him with dinosaurs and then shot this plate, and it just looks hilarious. You hear all these modern things uh, shot with this old process. And then it's just, you know, it's a nice moment. I think the other thing we were talking about when I was shooting the plates is, is trying to get beyond just the look of the plate, trying to shoot something meaningful beyond wet plate. Uh, that's, that's what I'm going for. I, I like using the process to make my pictures, but ultimately yes. I want to try to make something that's a lot Not of people just, get oh, yeah, yeah, a just, lot of people get stuck on the process. Again, oohs and ahs because of the process, yeah. but yeah. Y- you're gonna the, the process is gonna become uh, a workflow for you and the process is not going to be as exciting and now you're going to start looking at the work saying is there any meaning to the subject matter yeah and, and it's limited i mean it has it has many i mean just by shooting large format you limit yourself as to what you can shoot and what you can do and then the the, the 10 types limits you even more but that shouldn't be an excuse to have all your images look the same you know have cuz what i'm seeing like on you know flickr right now is everyone just takes this super close up headshot like like a you know a, a driver's license photo, and it, it's just you know right. it gets it gets old after a while. It's like the the ring making the heart in the center of a book. You know, I mean, how many times do you need to see that right. before before it gets old? It's just um, um, yeah. I got very lucky because I've had the help of of um, of Joni and the Joni Sternbach, and then um, her 
the when I went back to the Center for Alternative Photography because every other month they have a wet plate shooting night. Wet plate shooting night. If you take in one of their workshops, you can go back, and um, they you they use all they they give you all the chemicals and the equipment, and you get to shoot. Well, L- Joni's assistant when I took the workshop was a, a woman named Lisa Elame, and she's also amazing wet plate shooter. She's she uh, is from Florida, so she has a whole series on the Florida Everglades. They're just amazing. She shoots out of the back of her truck. She's the one who kind of helped me finalize what the back of my truck was going to look like. Right. She uh, she helped run the wet plate shooting night. And even though they're not really teaching, they're they're, they're answering questions. So you know, I'm just constantly asking questions about how to do things. And it's what I think is amazing about the process is that you can't use a light meter because the all the chemicals change based on temperature and humidity and at what stage they are in their life. So you have to kind of guess. But is that the, right? Yeah. The, the the more you use it. The more you get, the more you use it. The you more get a you, feel for yeah, it. Yeah, you get an idea. Like I knew it was going to be around a second today because that's that's what um, in bright sunlight what that particular age collodion that I had was going to do. Yeah, it depends but, on time of day, uh, mm-hmm. overcast, sunshiny. Yeah. yeah, it's UV content. So you, I mean, you could yeah. use a an ultraviolet meter and get close. Right. Yeah, it's the UV that really screws it up. The collodion starts out being very uh, low contrast mm-hmm. and a lot fast, a little faster, and then as it ages. If you if I had had it in a clear glass, you would see that it goes from kind of an orange down to a really dark red, and when it gets dark red, it's really slow and high contrast. And you can actually speed up the process by adding iodine a little bit to it. Um, I've only done that to a li- I took a little bottle and tested it out, but I didn't find that it. I did. I was kind of very conservative with the amount of iodine I was adding because I was warned that it would really slow the 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 plate down, and I didn't right. want to do that. Because it's, I think the if you were comparing it to ISO, you know, we think of film having ISO 100, 20, 50, 25. Uh, the wet plates that we were shooting today is probably ISO 1 or ISO 0.5, okay. something like that. So it's very, very slow. So your Sunny 16, you know, we were shooting, yeah, one second at 5.6. Okay. You want to think about that. <laughs> so that's that's really slow. Yeah. Um, but that's fun. I mean, at, I think it's, when you shoot someone's portrait and they're forced to sit still for a long time, they feel like they've worked for it. Right. You know, it's, it's, you feel like you've accomplished something when you have it. I shot my daughter and she had to sit still for 10 seconds. She's only seven. Oh. And, and it was pretty amazing that she has this look on her face. And it, now it makes so much sense when you see these old prints, you know, because they everyone looks still. so serious and they're holding still because they're just concentrating, trying not to move. Cause, right. uh, and, uh, and those are all done in a studio with natural light, you know, and, mm-hmm. uh, um, and a lot of them have neck braces and things that you can't yes. see holding, the, holding their head up. So it's, you feel like you've really worked for a shot when you have to sit still for that long. Right. I find a lot of people really enjoy their own portrait. You know, they, they, they do notice they don't look like themselves, but there is something that they see and they see every day. And that's, uh, that's their reflection right. because exactly. the plate is is reversed so you do kind of see the same guy you see in the mirror also your your average person today is i mean they're using instagram they're using their iphone Mm -hmm. so i think the image and and the the style you know the style and the process blows them away Mm -hmm. so even though you may become bored with as you mentioned with the you know id shot Mm -hmm. for people you're running into are probably thrilled oh yeah I think it's cool. I got my portrait taken today. I'm like, whoa, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. And people that look at that could be like, that's cool. Yeah, it's 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 it stops you in your tracks, especially when you see the plate itself. I mean, on online, you know, it does make you stop uh, just because yeah. it's the inconsistencies of it. You know, and it's uh, I've you know, there's a there's a good interview with um, that that Art Twenty One show has Sally Mann on it, and I think she says you want them to be screwed up a little bit. 
you know, not enough to ruin the plate, but you want them to be just weird enough so that you get this serendipity. You know, that's sort of the, the other nice thing. With film, you get a little bit of serendipity. You don't really know what's going to look like sometimes until you're done. But with, with the wet plate, I mean, all kinds of weird things can happen. I mean, for a while, when I've, uh, my, my silver bath started to get kind of low, and I actually did accidentally parked my car on an on a uneven <laughs> surface, and I had a huge, you know, like one of the corners was blocked off just because uh, I didn't have coverage. my silver. Yeah, I didn't yeah. have my silver level. And, and so... You know, that was strange. And then you know, all kinds of things. I shot a family from Brooklyn's Cape in, in Connecticut. And uh, there were these power lines I just couldn't get out of the shot. And then one of the shots I took of them, for some reason, the whole corner where the power lines ended up being black. I don't know why. But it was perfect. Right. You know, it's like I intentionally <clears throat> got rid of the power lines by leave, letting that corner get black. Pretty intense. Where, um, where, where do you see future? Where is it going? Where, in your craft, do you have a set like, oh, you know, I'm going to do this now and then I'm going to do that. What are your your goals well i i that's it's funny you know when someone asks me like what do you photograph i i like to think of myself as an opportunist okay <laughs> you know i i shoot what gets put in front of me and um and a series is uh, i'll get a series of photographs that just kind of develop and go oh this is a project i showed you this picture of a uh, my next door neighbor with his army jeep yes he, he, he's ex-military I, i've now started a series on men in their cars mm-hmm. and all in tintype and because it's it's just got this timeless quality to it and these, and it just my next project, next guy I'm shooting has a '53 Edsel, which I can't wait to shoot because that that car is just wild, and I can't wait to see it, you know, just stretched in a diagonal, you know, on the on the. I can still already kind of see what I want, how I want to shoot him. And then I met a guy just two day two days ago at the grocery store who had a Model T, hmm. you know, and so I'm like, I'm, I have this card. I keep passing. I, I the guy the guy with the Jeep let me use his picture as a card. So, so anybody I want to shoot their wet plate with, I show them that picture on the car, and that gives them right. an idea of what. <clears throat> plus, I try to keep at least something in my car. You know, well, the other thing that's nice is you can scan the plates. I, t- I tend to scan them before I varnish them because you can screw up varnishing varnish them. So, like while I've got them in a reasonably calm state, I scan them, and then you could pr- you could make prints from the scans pretty much any size. I mean, it's right. like, you know an eight by ten plate could be blown up to i mean uh, epson v700 which is what i use which it seems like what everybody's got yeah you know, it's it's the scanner i mean i i can make easy 16 by 20 or, or larger and most people don't need anything bigger than that uh and they look pretty good i mean if you get them shot on um you know metallic paper then they still have a little bit of that quality that you would get from the plate but mm-hmm. but you don't have to go out and pour a 16 by 20 plate right <laughs> <laughs> you know, which is which is a two-man job almost you know those those big plates mm-hmm. I, I i love that look but in a, in a sense, I actually, you know, I, I was mentioning before, I'm actually going to get an 8x10 uh, holder reduced to 5x7 because 8x10 sometimes feels too big for the subject I'm shooting. Okay. Uh, it's, it's, it doesn't feel intimate enough. You know, 5x7, my little 4x5 ones feel like toys. And the 5x7 feels like it would be that happy medium where uh, you could have something substantial enough to hold in your hand, but not so big that it's kind it's of... It's a little more hard. manageable. Yeah. 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 Are there, is there anyone out there doing 11 by 14 or larger? Oh, yeah. uh, name it. Name the plate size and someone's 20 doing 20 by it. 24. Oh. Is, uh, you know, um, I've, and then there's a guy named uh, Ian Reuter. If yep. you, uh, he does the, the giant ones. We, we posted the video. Yeah, before. he has a yeah. truck. <laughs> he uses his truck as a, as a camera. Get out. And so he has these plates that are, you know, I don't even know what, what twenty by thirty. Is or the camera like on the back size, of a yeah. flop, flatbed? The camera's on the back of his truck, or no? The, the, no, the, 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 cam- the truck like, is the camera. The truck is the camera. What is there a lens sticking out of the back? Or yeah, he'll he'll black it out. He can yeah, go in the truck. In the truck. Yeah, they're wearing respirators and everything because they pour the collodion and everything in there. 
and they're they're really funny because they wear these white lab suits and everything. They're very technical about it. Um, but but he, he has a really nice series. Um, he's going all over, you know, taking portraits of people, and it's a neat project. But it's for me, I once it gets to a size where I can't do it by myself, it's not as appealing to me. I kind of like the, the the solitude of going out and shooting right. by yourself and doing your own thing. Yeah, having to have assistants trying to pour everything, right. it just sounds like a mess. Do you have uh, some plates that are done that you? You know, you didn't did not scan that you didn't show any. Like, do you go out and shoot landscapes by yourself? Yeah, I mean, I have I have some that I didn't bring. I shot a couple on what's today? Yeah, I, I shot a couple days ago. I, I hadn't varnished them yet, so I couldn't bring them. They're not safe. I mean, it's it's. Uh, I made the mistake of uh, well, I wouldn't. I guess it had been a week. It had been a whole week, but I took a I took a plate to a framer to get framed, and I warned them that it was very delicate because even after it's varnished, the the surface is still rather fragile. But I think uh, something happened and it got scratched up a little bit. Not not really bad, but it had like kind of like sp- like a spider web scratch on it. Like it had been sat down, face down on something and been rubbed. Uh, so I just try to be careful with them um, and and let give them plenty of time to cure. Right. You know, like uh, these plates I shot of you guys today. Uh, I'll I'll varnish them in the next day or so, and then I wait a week or so before I mail them. But uh, I'll take good care of them. It's but but I don't mind, you know. It's, it's kind of fun. Like I said, because it's just this object, as much as it is a photograph, it's it's fun. I mean, the only bad thing is that if I sell them, I don't get to keep them in my portfolio. <laughs> you know, right, right. Like, that's I'm I'm like learning to come to grips with that. That physically, that, but you have a scan. Yeah, I have a scan, but but it's like Not your art. Your art is going out into the world, and you just have to be ha- okay with that. Yeah, you know? and it, it's someone else has it, but they're showing it to other people, and you know, it, yeah. That's what we all want, really, is for people to see our work. I'm proud to have someone have it in their home, you know, framed above whatever. And um, I, I have a real uh, market, I think, for shooting people with these houses in Connecticut that are from the 1800s and 1700s because they they are very proud of their homes. You know, that they're just they are in perfect condition. You know, with little baskets on the front door and everything. I mean, it's really amazing. I love the architecture, these old salt box houses and things. And so uh, I've, I'm actually working on a proposal right now to, to, to talk to the, the town I'm from, which is Killingworth, uh, has a historical society. And the 10 years they put out a book of the town that, of photographs that they had from the turn of the century. And I'm kind of making this proposal to reshoot pictures of these homes in tintype and, and with the hopes that we can come up with some sort of gallery show for them as a benefit to them mm-hmm. so that they kind of help me set up a gallery. So I get a show out of it. You know, maybe take a year or two years to shoot them, right? And then and then uh, have have some sort of benefit for the historical society, and then get a show out of it. So that's because I just want you know we want our work shown, right? Not just on the internet, but just yeah. like shown locally. And, and so that's kind of going to be my foot in the door to to get get my work out there in the community where I live. Because I just moved there in March, so I'm still an unknown. Right. That's what it's all about, Matt. Right. Getting it off the internet, off the screen, and in your hands or on in a gallery where you oh yeah i don't know anything more hands-on than holding a plate i mean yeah it's pretty pretty sweet and, and there's still a bit of a disconnect between popularity on the internet and the art world you know what oh, i mean okay. yeah like there's not they're, they're mutually exclusive until you uh until you're in the art world and say oh by the way here's my stuff on the internet right so i mean there'll be people who are incredibly popular on Flickr and bubble things but then they're not but the art world has never heard of them right because, of course because either they don't make prints or they just don't promote themselves in a physical way other than the internet. And so it's, um, uh, I'm, I'm all for the physical. Right. You know, I believe that the print is kind of the final product of all the work. And, um, 
And in that sense, the tintype's actually easier than shooting black and white, you know, silver gelatin because it's less hours. I mean, the, you know, the shooting is slower, but then you're done, <laughs> as yeah. opposed to having a negative and having to go back and print and, you know, doing all the test printing and all the calibration and all that. It's not that that isn't fun. I, I enjoy that uh, a lot, but the the, the tintype lately has just really, you know, caught my caught my eye, and I don't think of it as a fad at all. I think it really. It, it I see that way. Right. I've always seen in black and white. I've, I've not been very good with color. Uh, I don't think I scan portrait very well. I mean, I'll probably be the only person who, <laughs> who who admits that I don't scan portrait very well because I can't I can't make the colors right for some reason to me. So I don't shoot a lot of color in general. Plus, it takes me three times as long to scan because you have to move all the sliders. Right, <laughs> I'm right. a little bit. I'm a little lazy when it comes to the, the, to that. But the um, but I've always loved black and white. Uh, and always had a connection to it, probably just because that's what I shot when I was a kid, and yeah, that's how I saw things. Excellent, getting my portrait taken today. So, yeah, yeah, without a doubt. Where can we find your stuff? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> well, I'm on Flickr, and uh, my name on Flickr is Joseph Brunges, and I have a website which I've probably will update soon, which is uh, Brunges, which is spelled B-R-U-N-J-E-S uh, dot com. And you can see some of my tintypes there. I'll warn you that they're covered in, you know, uh, watermarks. <laughs> watermarks, unfortunately, but it'll give you an idea of what I've been doing, and um, and I hope to update that soon. Okay. Well, very good. Yeah. We're gonna keep, uh, you know, we're gonna keep in touch. Sure. And uh, hopefully, sometime next year, we could, uh, you know, get an update from you on, oh, yeah. on occasion. Yeah. Just come to Photostock and give us the update. <laughs> oh, yeah. What are the chances are you going to go into something like Photostock? That's, what, third week of June? Third week in June, yeah. Uh, probably. Uh, I don't know. It depends. All, all your a, wet platers will be there. It's a, well, yeah, yeah. Andrew, yeah, Andrew's helped me a lot with lighting. Um, we'll see. Well, thank you very much, Joseph, for uh, coming to New Jersey and visiting us, us, us at the FPP. Yeah, thanks for having me. And uh, we're going to keep, keep an eye on your work and uh, keep us uh, fresh with updates. And we'll have more show. What show? What show? <laughs> we'll be right back. Hey there, FPPers. Did you know the darkroom.com now offers sheet film processing? Sheets. That's right. 4x5 and 8x10, black and white, C41, E6 processing, nice flat rate, Check them out, thedarkroom.com. Click on Sheet Film Processing, fill out your form, ship it in. They'll process it, send it back, lickety-split. They have excellent customer service. They do a great job, consistent, dependable, thedarkroom.com. Check them out today. Yo! Hey, we're back. Hey, you know, I want to just thank uh, Joseph Brunges for dropping by. Yeah. Yeah, nice to meet you, Joe. Had made some great images. Where'd you go, John? You, like, disappeared. Yeah, I had to go do something. Okay. <laughs> You always got something. I'll, I would have liked. You no, know, once done your it. children are a little bit older, you won't have to like do something. I know. I'll see Joseph at uh, PDN That's next year. <laughs> That's right. Uh, I would like to talk now about um, uh, panoramic cameras. Uh, the first on the list here is what circuit cameras? Circuit camera. Yeah. What is this, Matt? Tell okay, me. Okay, so well, this all started like every other inspiring photo story at Photostock at uh, Photostock 2013. Uh, a gentleman by the name of Jamie Young. He owns everything from, I, I believe, APS or 35 millimeter size panoramic APS. cameras, all the way through ultra large format panoramic cameras. Yeah. What, what APS? Well, well, they just crop it down. They have a little thing that mm-hmm. just crops and uh, makes, makes a panorama. I see. It's kind of cheapo, but he yeah. owns 
just a bunch of cameras. He's a collector. He's almost like a historian on it, but he's also a great photographer in the panoramic format. Um, he also took our group shot, and you can see that on the photostock2013.com website or photostock.com. You can see the group shots that he took with a circuit camera. He shot it with a... Now, the circuit camera, again, is a, it's a panoramic camera. It's a large format camera, anywhere from a 4-inch size of film all the way up to a 16-inch size of film. Yikes. And the camera actually rotates on a gear... Mm-hmm. and swings and pans a very small strip across. Now, when we see those photos of old, mm-hmm. like, you know, the high school class of yes. 1931, those are those ca- that's um, that, that camera? Oftentimes, they were done with a banquet camera, Ooh. which is also a panoramic mm-hmm. format, or a circuit camera. Mm-hmm. And I got some examples I can show you guys of, uh, of Jamie's work with the circuit camera. So the camera oh, actually oh, rotates in 180, usually about 180 degrees or more, and gets a hyper panorama. So, I mean, as you can see here, he says it's a seven by sixty-nine inches. I mean, I just see, yeah. huge. And I see a lot of these come in the shop of family reunions. It's insane stuff. The long skinny mm-hmm. pictures of old family reunions. Yeah, and the long skinny ones are typically oh circuit. Cir- yeah, and what military. Is, yeah. is a circuit? Is, is that a surveillance camera? A circuit? Ca- no, 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 no. A no. circuit camera was just a. It was just a type of large format camera. It looks just like any large format oh, camera. Look at that. It's got a ground glass on the back, but every. But the back holds a roll of film. Is that right? And the roll of film is usually the shortest dimension. So instead of a four by five, it's four by whatever you're going to take the of the panorama. Does the camera move? Yeah, the camera mo- rotates on a gear, and for every different exposure you would have, you would get a different size gear <laughs> because it controls the rate at which oh, it. So you're traveling around with all of this extra stuff oh to make God. it work, but. It's it's a very unique kind of camera. Um, they were introduced. They there were earlier designs that preceded the official circuit camera. Through, I mean, people were even doing panoramas with wet plate. Uh, Jamie Young gave a great presentation at Photostock 2013 on the panoramic format, and he even described there was cameras. I can't remember the name of them, but they were actually custom made wet plate cameras that took a curved piece of glass. Oh my god! And had a swing lens on them to take a wet plate. As wow. a panorama, just insane. I mean, people have always loved the panoramic format because it's it. it the panorama is our field of vision, mm-hmm. but where we where we see sharp focus is like that fifty millimeter mm-hmm. perspective. So, the panorama just has just some really unique effects on you know really pulls people into the picture. The circuit camera started in uh, was patented in nineteen oh four, and the um, the Rochester Panoramic Camera Rochester. Company started in nineteen oh five. And then other camera companies just started mass manufacturing these these different size cameras, and they made them like I said all the way up through a 16 inch camera, which is like a 16 by 20, but like it just keeps going. So it'd be like a 16 by 108 or something like that. Just huge, huge panoramas. And the great thing, um, every year Ilford does its uh, large format and ultra large format film orders. They make circuit films still. Really, you you can get uh, I believe four inch and eight inch. Circuit film, which is a roll film in um, Ilford film stocks, so HP5 and FP4. Wow. That just, cir- circuit camera you have up on the, is that for sale on the bay? Oh, you can find them, but they're very, uh, that's another thing. They're, um, they're hard to find in a good working condition because a lot of people are collectors of these. They actually don't. They have, working, they have moving parts. Mm-hmm. A lot of moving parts. Very, mm. and very, Gotta know your stuff. If you lose something, it has to be custom machined. Very, I mean, if, if you love panoramic, there is no you know, better way to do it, but they're very, yeah. very expensive cameras. Um, and Circuit is spelled uh, C-I-R-K-U-T. Oh, you see. It's very interesting. Spell it right, Mike? 
<laughs> so here's a circuit camera. Actually, this one, um, I just found one on the bay. It's $800. No one's bid on it, but there's Ooh. a reason no one's bid on yeah, it. Yeah, why? Because if you, if you want to buy the film, it's, it's going to be a bit. I mean, yeah, like give us an example. Um, like for one shot. What who you sells the film? Cost per shot. Ilford, Ilford cu- still manufactures new film. Um, I'm not, honestly not sure what it costs. I, I'm pretty sure it's close to about like $60 every time you pull the shutter. Was what? There, is there a gent at, that was at Photostock shooting with this camera or no? Yeah, Jamie was shooting with the circuit camera. He did it for the group shot. Wow. He did a circuit and then he did um, a round shot, which is a 35 millimeter or 120 camera, which is um, remotely controlled. And it's, it's sort of like this. It's like the <laughs> way, the sprocket rocket. By that, that's like that's like the Walmart brand, and his would be, and the round shot oh, would spinner, be like the sorry. Apple brand. <laughs> very yeah, very high tech. Right. There's a remote that operates, and it's just robotic, like neat swings, and it's done. So um, he just covered all these awesome formats. The work I'm showing John here, yeah, it's uh, hyper panorama. This is done with a round shot, I believe the 120. So this takes really? uh, a panorama on 120 film, and it usually takes about like. You can go anywhere from like five to all the way down to like two shots of panorama, and it it does up to you know up to a three sixty if you let it just keep spinning. Really, you can control how the exposure is on okay, it. Yeah, cool. It'll detect the exposure, and then it just moves it along as long as you want it to huh. make a panorama. So, um, what's the name of that camera? That's a round shot camera. Mm, interesting. Another um, another pricey endeavor, but mm. it's just you can't get any other kind of. Uh, Look. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's one trick pony, but what well, a trick, huh? Yeah. Okay, so a round shot anymore. They do have um the reason they're also uh, higher in price is because is because see it looks like yeah. the spinner. Yeah. I have not. Um they're a little higher in price though because they make they make digital versions as well. So that's why they're very, very new cameras. Um ranging anywhere from uh fifteen hundred to uh ten thousand. Yeah. For the round shot? Yeah. From yeah. thirty five up to medium. Write format. a check, John. There we go. Yeah. Let's get that <laughs> you want one, too? Yeah. All but they're very, oh, yeah, because we'll like two. Mike always says, if you get one, you very, might as well get two or 20. Camera. You might as well. A very, uh, very interesting. Get inter- one for Mike. Just an interesting look. <laughs> um, the panoramic format isn't for everybody. It's very long. Mm. I was going to say, oh, part, of the topic, the panorama. Yeah. part of the topic was panoramic, the format in general, from cropped frame 35 to ultra-large format. So yeah. for someone who's not going to get the circuit camera, a little bit, but it's your average much. Joe, like I just happened to have this. This was sent by our good friend Susan Stair. It's a spinner 360. All oh, the spinners are is this, fan- is this a, a, a panoramic? It's a, it's a panoramic camera, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. And the spinner is based off of uh, a camera, I believe it was from the late 70s, early 80s, which was later, you know, done well as a, as a round shot. So. This is made by Lamography. It's called a spinner 360. It's cheap. It's got a very unique look to it. Do you guys yeah. know how to load this? Matt yes, d- Matt does. Yes, I, do I shot with it in uh, New up? York. Sure. You sh- uh, yeah, you shot in Finley with it, too. So for the Spinner 360, the Lomography camera, how many exposures will you get out of 36 uh, you exposure? You get about eight yanks on it. Because <laughs> you, you, you have to like, yank the, mm. the, cor- the rip cord on there. Yeah, yeah. It's a very and cool camera. How many camera. Confederates would that be? Horizontal or vertical? Vertical... That, that's a good question, Leslie, because verticals on this are funky. It's very hard to keep the straight line when you, when you give it a yank. Uh, I don't recommend pulling it with your teeth because this is a pretty rough uh, pullback. Mm. <laughs> I've seen people do it. You've done it. I, I have. No, I posed with it like oh, that. Okay. I'm, I'm not. Do the 35 slam. For uh, folks out there listening, what are some other options for panoramic? John, you're into panoramic. Yeah. I had the 35 millimeter Horizon. 
Horizon's a mm-hmm. very good this option. Another Lomography product. Yes. Uh, it's a little bit more expensive than the uh, spinner. Okay. They're about 500. But it's a, a little, it seems to be a little more of a solid camera. Yeah, it's a solid camera. They make a couple of different models of it with uh, you know more functionality or less functionality. First time I ever saw the panoramic camera, what got me hooked was the Noblex. Noblex. The oh, 120 that's, that's another very, very good one. Um, that Yeah, they're pretty expensive. They're kind of out of my price range, but that's what I aspire to get, definitely. Or a wide Lux. All right, we're loaded. Is that an exposure? Or that was no, we're just getting the film you know, right. good. Now we're ready to shoot. So all we have to do is uh, pull the ripcord, and it's going to spin around. Now, what's interesting about the spinner is it's going to give us sprockets. Everybody right. Sprockets. Loves, everybody loves sprockets. Oh, I love sprockets. Now's the time on sprockets when we dance. <laughs> The exactly. wide, yeah, the wide world of panoramic photography. It's there's so many more options once you make that longer, that longer Ooh. frame. So many cool cameras, um, just very niche things. I would suggest anybody looking into panoramic format very seriously, um, like super, you know, investment seriously. Yeah. Look into something like a round shot 35 or like your uh, your wide lux um, 120 or 35. Mm-hmm. Those are very very sharp swing lens cameras. Mm-hmm. A wide uh, lux is different than the noblex. Yeah, well, they're they're kind of the the Is same. The uh, it was Polka. first made in Japan, and it's oh, made Japan. it's offered in thirty five and one twenty. But they're they're the same the same style of swing lens right. cameras. They're just a lot more common, uh, a lot more commonplace, and they're nice because they take. Roll, I would suggest something that takes roll film because mm-hmm. once you start messing with sheet film yeah, and these very very niche formats, it's very hard to you know print and enlarge unless you're used to the hybrid workflow where you scan right. things. But um, if you want any more information on panoramic photography, um, call Matt. No, no, don't call me. <laughs> don't call me. Ask the man himself who gave me th- this awesome presentation at Photostock 2013, Jamie Young. You can find him at jamieyoungphoto.com. Incredibly knowledgeable. I felt like I'd just taken a college course when he was done presenting it. Wow. You know, like I just That's knew everything awesome. about panorama and so I like- want it. Call and yell at Matt. I was like, "Yeah, he's always people calling me." Yeah, he's, he'll he'll give me some beef next year. He's a very friendly guy, and he has incredible work. Like every year when he takes the uh, photo stock group shot, it's just like it's this fun experience. And we'll have uh, Alex post the link in the show notes of uh, everybody taking the group shot because the, cool. uh, as that camera swings, you can actually have people in the photo multiple times because they start and they uh, run around right, 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 right. and they can show up as many times to the other end. Yeah, like counterclockwise versus the camera. It's just a very fun process. Um, there's just so many just cool different things going on with it, and it just it's another thing that gets you excited and reinvigorated about photography. Absolutely. And John, you need you need a panoramic camera. I need another a real one. panoramic yeah. camera. You know what's also fun is panoramic pinhole. Yes. Where do you Easy. find that? You make that yourself. You make it yourself. Oh. Yeah. Pinhole in a, really? in a uh, oatmeal box. Mm-hmm. Really? Or my original pooper shooters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What is oh. pooper shooter? It was an <laughs> empty toilet paper oh. tube capped off. But how is that panoramic? Because that the pinhole... On an ultra wide, really wide. St- is really really wide. Little skinny piece you put in it there. On a curved plane. Put it on a yeah. curved plane. Huh. Cover the nearly the whole thing. Huh. It's amazing. Huh. It's fun. There's so many panoramic possibilities. Yeah, and there if, really is. I, really. I really want FPP listeners to write in and tell us what their favorite format is, panoramic, or show us some examples. I mm. I don't think we see enough panoramic yeah. stuff in, in the FPP f- pool. I agree. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you know anybody who posts uh, panoramic besides you? Donker Dave? Donker Dave used to post a lot of panoramic. Yeah. yeah. You. Me, Mark you, Dalzell you. now has one. There Ooh. was, uh, there was for a while a uh, Spinner 360 when, when there was like a big push for mammography like a year or so ago. Yes, and there was a lot of that. There was yeah. a lot of that showing up. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So, yeah. Show us some more because I, I love seeing it. It's just a, a different perspective. Uh, we're gonna take a break, but before we take a break, I would like to say, John, that yeah. some of the FPP catchphrases are very popular. Are they now? Uh, 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 Joseph, he's not here anymore. You know, he he's back on a rickety road going back home. Mm. But he, we forget because you know we produce the show yeah. and we're in the dark room. We're doing this, that, and other than myself, a lot of us don't always listen to every show, what and we show? don't go through the archive. There are keywords and catchphrases that people really enjoy. They, they like lose it when we say it. Yeah, yeah like, like Binox. 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 Joseph, we were in the diner, and Joseph <laughs> was like, I love that uh, Cream It. <laughs> so his favorite episode was the Cream It story. That's yeah. a good one. Yeah. There's a lot of good stories in there. Yeah. You have to go back to, we think, Cream fall 2011. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that was a good one. And he says, on the same show, see, I didn't know this. He's like, yeah. on the same show, we explained... What show? Oh, is that right? We did the what show. That was a stellar oh, show. Then. A class. Yeah. stellar podcast. And then another episode, of course, we explained Binox. 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 So I think it's the anecdotes. We need more yeah. of these, like, nothing to do with film <laughs> photography anecdotes. <laughs> right. That we can somehow apply to Were film. we doing Binox at the Michael Nesmith concert? Uh, yes. Uh, were you? That, that you was were, the one. You were probably doing it, yeah. I love and it. I was probably saying, shut up. I'm listening. Yeah. Give we're going to be wrapping up soon. Give a chance. We're going to be wrapping up soon. Give a chance. You know the Give Me a Chance story? No. Oh. See, record, we need to I record do. this. Yeah. Give me, he doesn't know the Give Me a Chance uh, story. Well, on shoots. Mike mm-hmm. would get very frustrated on video shoots. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, people would ask him for something while he was in the middle of doing it. It was like, Mike, you know, I need to move that light. And he's working on a tripod. And he'd be like, give him a chance. Give him a chance. Will you give him a chance? <laughs> Talking to himself <laughs> about himself. <laughs> very next level. That yes. oh. was always with the, will you give him a chance at the end? <laughs> <laughs> when we come back, uh, Joseph left this for me. Oh, I was very thrilled he left for me. Yeah, only you guys feel a little left out. Oh, yeah, of course. No, we got plates. Ilford Harmon, direct positive paper. When we come back, K Town presents another great new album. Believe in music. Twenty-two original hits. The original star, Daniel Boone. A beautiful Sunday. McNeil. Lighthouse. Sunny, sunny, sunny day. Looking glass. The sailors say brandy. Donny Osmond. Don't believe in good. Sure. Sheriff. O.J., Rod Stewart, Slade, Dr. Hook, Raspberry, The Hollies, and more. Gallery. Don't believe in music. Argent. Hold your head high. Rick Springfield. Believe in Music, 22 original hits, the original stars, only $3.99. On 8-track cartridge, $5.99. Hey, we're back. Uh, you know, it really blows my mind when, you know, someone turns me on to something that I just never knew existed. Mm. Mm. And when Joseph said, oh, I have some, you know, uh, glossy, double-weight fiber barra. You talking base, about cereal or film? Barra base, yeah. <laughs> barra, a direct positive paper. I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah. This is photographic paper yeah. that you load into a film holder and put into the back of a camera. Yeah. You expose onto the paper because mm-hmm. it's positive paper. Mm-hmm. Oh, no then kidding. you develop it in a tray. Oh, no way. And there's your image, yeah. And there's your image. You're done. Mm-hmm. It's your image and your negative, so to speak. It's, well, no negative. It's just a positive, yeah. Right. yeah. The uh, ASA is three. 
Huh? Eh. Yes. Three. Eh. Yeah. Three. It's very slow. Yeah. Uh, Matt, does this have to be shot in sunlight, or can we use tungsten lights? Uh, I don't. Oh. I don't recommend hot lights. Hot lights be much lower exposure. Uh, longer exposure. Much, much, much longer because it doesn't see red. You can do this under a red safe light just like anything else in the darkroom. So it's just like green x-ray film but much slower. Is that red or is that orange? Much. Well, it's, it's orange but there's so much red in the Fair. orange that it's not going to... It's fine. It's, it's very cool paper. It's got a nice... Very snappy, contrasty look, and if you, we were talking about it at the at the restaurant with Joseph. Mm. If you want a softer look for portraits, or someone's got some blemishes, or you know, pale skin and some, some red spots, that would oh, be perfect for you. Then. <laughs> you can uh, you put a yellow <laughs> you put a yellow filter over it, or you pre-flash the paper, which is you add enough exposure to kind of bring down the highlights so they print, so it's not a lot of black and white, where right. you'll get more of those. Mid-tones. You could just do the old-fashioned thing and just put a bag over their face. <laughs> Can I pre-flash this by holding this in front of a nude model? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, this paper, uh, I'm, I was amazed that it even existed. Is this the uh, last-standing beast? Is this the last-standing product? Or are there other products available that are direct-positive papers? Um, Ilford Harmon is the only manufacturer that I know of that makes a direct-positive paper like mm-hmm. that. So, so this is the product. That's, that's it. Yeah, and that's a relatively new product. I believe we, we announced that here on FPP you know, a couple of years ago when it first came out. Right. And uh, who's shooting on this? Joseph. <laughs> no, he's giving it to me. Uh, not, not a whole lot of folks here in the U.S. Uh, Ilford loves using it at their trade shows because they can set up a camera, take someone's pic- you know, picture, and develop it right there, and they have Mark it for Mark O'Brien. Them. Has he shot a little bit on that? Mm-hmm. Okay. I have not yet. I and I, I, I think around the time I was getting interested in it, I found X-ray film, and that stuff's much faster. And I'm right. like, yeah, let's go with that. But and using a yellow filter, open up one additional stop? Yeah, just whatever the filter factor is. So filter stop, factor. stop and a half sometime. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty excited about this. What's your filter factor? <laughs> Fil- yellow filter. Like a stop. It's a yeah. yellow filter factor. One. One, yeah. one filter factor? Yeah. They always say on the filter, like, however many X, it's, that's your stops. Yeah, yeah but yeah. I want to thank Joseph for coming down and also for, you know, yeah. Bring this this paper will be uh, shots up on the uh, our uh, show notes. Uh, show notes. Show notes. Show notes. You can go to show notes by going to filmphotographyproject.com. Just click on the podcast button. Podcast button. And then you will uh, get to our show notes. I hey, I want to thank everyone for uh, tuning into this show. Turning into it. <laughs> ah. It's been a wacky show. Wacky. Uh, Crazy. We have, we have a great season coming up. You know. People are getting together this time of year. People yeah. see each other this time of year. I'm very happy about yeah, that. It's great. a great time of year to shoot. Sure is. Uh, family shots. I encourage you to go to the filmphotographystore.com. Uh, we haven't talked about a lot this year, but Polaroid automatic land cameras still mm-hmm. very popular. It's an awesome camera to own. It takes an instant picture on the Peely type film. Peely, crack and peel. Podcast at filmphotographyproject.com. How did your uh, sun print come out, Leslie? It always gets darker as. It dries. Oh. It needs a little more time. Oh. So you made it from a negative? Yes. About an old 4x5 negative. I want to I see that over there. I wish we could stay and have a party. Yeah. I wish we could stay with you folks. The best thing to do would come back in two weeks. Two weeks. Also, please tell your friends about the show. Yeah. Tell hey, you know, I watch this po- I listen to this podcast. I watch. I watch it on the iPod. Tell your friends about the show. Go show? to iTunes. Please leave us a, re- a, re- a five-star review. How are we doing on those ratings? We getting a lot of folks out there? There are a lot of folks out there, most of five stars. But the guys who leave us four stars, 
always have a nitpick. What? I yeah. didn't. Leave, I was gonna leave you five stars, but, but I didn't care for the audio quality. I would have given you five stars, but I couldn't because of the sound effects. <laughs> I'm so really happy to be here talking about film. I want to thank everyone for listening. Yeah. Thank you, John. Thank Except you, Matt. Thank you, Leslie. Yeah. Hey, thank, thank you. Hey, happy holidays. Hey. Happy hey. holidays. Enjoy the rickety road. Oh, On the way home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here's some music. Yeah. Show notes. Show notes. Let's see what they are. Okay.